Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Hope Sebastian Taylor. Thank you and welcome once again, my friends, to the Saturday Report with me, Coach Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur ne'er-do-well. Welcome to AWSM Radio, an independent digital-only radio station that plays today's best music, old-school classics, along with a rotating cast of all-star DJs. AWSM Radio focuses on mainstream artists, independent artists, along with a variety of interesting talk and music shows throughout the day. All we do is entertain, inspire, and inform. And my friends, I want to engage with you. I want you to be part of the show. So you can find me on the Twitter, on the Rizzle, on the Instagram, on the Cameo at Colt S. Taylor. And if you've missed any past shows, you can subscribe to the podcast version of this show at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. And of course, if you haven't already, bookmark ColtSebastianTaylor.com. All right, my fantastic friends, let's get started with this week's Saturday Report. First up this week, we go to the great Pacific Northwest, where they have gotten a lot of rain in the last few days. Uh, at the beginning of this week, at least, uh, over 12 to 16 inches over a course of a 48-hour period uh, in that area, uh, which, you know, other places in the world get that much rain in a 48-hour period, and they flood too. So they have, they've had a lot, a lot of flooding up there, uh, which has caused some really, really uh, big problems. Some areas, the most rain they've received uh, on record in that short amount of time in Canada and the Pacific Northwest of the United States uh, due to what they're calling an as, as, aspiferic river event. Basically, when certain winds in the upper atmosphere line up correctly, it's just a direct line of moisture from the warm Pacific Ocean up into the great Pacific Northeast, dumping tons and tons of rain. This is not super uncommon. doesn't happen too often, but it does happen, uh, has happened in the past. This one was particularly bad, dropping a ton of rain in the area, uh, washing out roads, highways. Uh, in Canada, uh, I think like 300 people were stranded on a road that had been washed out in both directions, so they had to send in helicopters to evacuate people from this highway, and they're not quite sure when they'll be able to get back to their cars, because both of the bridges were washed out. Um, lots of mudslides, and as you may remember, this part of the country had record heat uh, over the summer, like 110 degrees high in the shade heat, and some forest fires, so a lot of areas in, the, in that area aren't really, can't the, the, the environment can't take in that amount of rain without causing mudslides or or high water events. It really is just a mess up there this week. Seems like things have calmed down a bit towards the end of this week, but it's gonna take them. Um, it's gonna take them uh, a little while to to clean up and whatnot. Uh, tens of thousands of people were without power. There were some rooftop rescues both in Canada and the United States, um, but something that's going to impact uh, everyone in Canada, in the United States, is that uh, Vancouver, which is in Canada, is a major port, and a lot of goods come in through that port to serve Canada and other parts of uh, North America, and that port had been cut off 
for several days. Like, railroad tracks that would ship out containers were unusable. Highways were closed. So uh, there was a bottleneck in Vancouver. And you may remember the bottleneck in Los Angeles being a big issue of supplies getting out. And now there's one in Vancouver because of all of this rain. You know, the supply... Supply train chain across the uh, world is really, really fragile. Uh, you remember all the problems when the Suez Canal got jammed. Uh, this is this will add another thing to the uh, problems with getting things where they need to be. Uh, so a little bit of advice for you, my friends, as we head into the Thanksgiving week. You mentioned that this is my last show before Thanksgiving. Um, you may want to. Start ordering things now, because it may take a smidgen longer for things to get to you, not only in terms from my supply and demand standpoint, but also mail. Oh, mail ain't that great right now. Mail, 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 even, even, even private mail, like UPS, FedEx, they're having issues maintaining uh, quick quickness of packages. So you may, you may, you may want to get your shopping in as soon as possible especially stuff you're ordering online, uh, so it'll be here before the holidays. Uh, and even stores are saying they're going to experience some shortages. Most stores. Apparently Target, not so much. Target says, yeah, we're good. So I don't know what Target is doing, what 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 evil underlord they've made a deal with, but uh, they seem to be, they seem to have overcome their supply chain issues. But uh, according to a statement that they sent out, which maybe they're just doing the drum up business. But anyways, friends, going back, heavy rain in the Northwest. Uh, if you're out there listening to the show, hope you're safe and uh, relatively dry. And uh, hopefully this atmospheric river event will wrap up. If it has been already, should wrap up soon. Speaking of the holidays, guess what's back this year, friends? You guessed it, New Year's Eve in Times Square. As you may recall, last year when things were awful... Uh, the Times Square New, Year, New Year's Eve activities were curtailed a bit. Uh, very limited crowds. I think just vaccinated essential workers were allowed to be in New York for Times Square in these like little self-contained you know, tables and areas and whatnot. Uh, very, very low-key because of the pandemic still a thing. Well, this year, because of the vaccine... They're open for business. So if you are five or over, you will need to provide yourself proof of vaccination. And those who are not vaccinated because of a disability will have to provide a negative coronavirus test proof in order to uh, get into Times Square for the activities on New Year's Eve. Uh, I know for myself that looking at Times Square full of people that I'm glad I stay home every year. I do not like crowds of that nature packed in there, standing for hours, hearing. I mean, if you're if you're on TV, you can hear the peep the the musical acts, sure. But I imagine there it's very much. Probably it's not that great sounding. Much like. Much like, you know, watching a football game. Sure, you can watch it live. You're going to understand more what's going on if you're watching on TV. So, happy for those who want to go. Hey, more power to you. 2022 is just around the corner. But, um, I will 
once again be staying home, having myself a bottle of champagne on the, on the couch with my lovely, lovely boxer willow, and uh, just watch the ball drop, clinkety clink, send a few texts off to bed, because uh, some of us, some of us have to work in the morning. You have to say, some of us have to work in the morning. Although, I think New Year's Eve is actually, now that, now that I think about it, New Year's Eve is a Friday. So, you know, you're probably not working that hard Saturday morning. So, maybe I'll have two bottles of champagne. But, anyways, if you're looking to go to Times Square for New Year's Eve, uh, get yourself vaccinated. Uh, or, I guess, proof that you can't get one. And then a negative COVID-19 test. And then you can participate in the festivities for the magical time of New Year's Eve ball drop. Which, again, nothing that I would actually want to physically attend. Speaking of the holidays, and as I mentioned uh, just moments ago, this is Thanksgiving this week on Thursday, uh, as is the traditional time for Thanksgiving. Um, you also may have noticed, if you're making a Thanksgiving meal, that uh, prices have gone up. Overall, a Thanksgiving typical meal is up 14% compared to 2020. Uh, and all ingredients are up uh, for that year to year. Pray ask yourself, ah, oh, Colts, you know why prices are up. It's because of so-and-so and their so-and-so policies. You know, if so-and-so was blah, 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 blah. Listen, folks, let me, let me, let me pull up a chair with you and explain something to you that even, even the most casual fans of my show would understand. Um, compared to last year, a lot of people didn't do a lot of stuff. This year, a lot more people are doing a lot more stuff. Therefore, there's more demand for things. And the folks that make those things aren't quite up to speed yet to get those things to us. Supply and demand. So, turkey uh, farmers, you know, they're still getting things moving on their end up in full uh, so they don't have as many turkeys, and people are kind of going overboard and buying more turkeys than they really need. So therefore, turkey shortage. Therefore, more expensive turkeys. Uh, but that's just like the end product. They're, the whole process of getting turkeys and things has become more expensive. Corn. Corn, which is fed to animals, that turkeys that make the turkey dinner. Corn has doubled in price. In the last 12 months. Okay? That's why a lot more people want a lot more corn. Ethanol that's gone up. Which is also corn. Okay? You know? for the I find the folks that complain the most about prices are also the same folks that say we need to, we need to, we need to uh, support our farmers. The farmers, the America, the agricultural sector is what built this country. We need to support our farmers. Well, doubling the price of corn is supporting them. Ah, no, 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 no. So, that's just the way it is, folks. The more people want things, the more expensive they are. And until uh, said providers can catch up with demand, things are going to be expensive. That's why gas was under 2 bucks a gallon back in uh, June of 2020. Why? Because no one wanted gas. Why? Because no one was driving. Okay, there wasn't anything magical that anyone did 
simple math and science. Now, everyone wants to drive. Everyone wants to go somewhere. That's why gas is up. There's other factors too, but that's the main reason. It really is. It really is. Uh, speaking of Thanksgiving, though, uh, also another topic, uh, the uh, FAA, FCA, well, folks that keep track of flights are predicting this year's uh, holiday air travel is going to be near pre-pandemic levels, which is good, too, that people are getting out and about, etc., etc., good for them. I, myself, not traveling, but that's expected to be high. Um... But also, there are shortages in that area as well. There are shortages of pilots and flight attendants. Uh, one, uh, they're being overworked because some have retired. And uh, two, uh, people are dicks on planes. The, in, the rate of instances of people being rude, violent, punchy, and have it being removed from a plane are way up over the last two years. So that is also, people just don't want to deal with it. Like, I stopped being a teacher because I got stopped, tired of dealing with stuff and moved on with my life. A lot of these flight attendants are doing the same thing. And there's no flight attendants. Guess what, Skippy? No in-flight drink service. No in-flight food service. That's it. So, once again, folks, you may think you have some sort of hidden, written, constitutional amendment to be a dick to people. And in a way, you do. You do. You can certainly do whatever you want in this country. However, however, freedom of whatever is, does not mean freedom of consequences. And if you decide to get all... All hippity hoppity mad on an airline because a steward or stewardess tells you to put on a mask, fasten your seatbelts, not be a jerk to other passengers, then you, you'll get kicked off. In fact, my favorite uh, video I've seen lately of someone being thrown off a plane is someone before a flight turning on a personal Bluetooth speaker on themselves and give like a mini TED talk to the passengers on the plane about why they shouldn't have the vaccine and take their mask off and that if they all stick together, then, then they can't enforce the mandate like, it, like people had paid to come and see her. She got her ass hauled off the plane by like five police officers. And something tells me, so I'm going to go off on a, on, on a just, just a guest here. Probably not get the airline points for that flight. So, anyways, Thanksgiving's coming. Expect higher prices, travel delays, uh, because people are out and about. And try very, very hard. I know it can be hard for some people. Just try to be a smidgen nice to each other, okay? Give people just a little bit room, just a little bit to annoy you, and then you'll be okay. You don't want to be that guy in the viral video. Just saying. Now, if there is one person I would love to travel with, it is my pal, DC. He's a DJ. He's our in-house DJ here on AWSM Radio, and he mixes it up every Friday night at 9 p.m., Sundays at 10 p.m. You do not want to miss out while he's smashing it on the ones and twos, kicking the beats from his South Florida compound, 
every single week. I'll tell you what, he is just fantastic. An amazingly talented DJ, my personal friend. So listen to DC Live in Effect, Fridays at 9 p.m., Sundays at 10 p.m., right here on AWSM Radio. Moving along, folks. So I mentioned that there is a bit of a shortage of turkeys here in the United States. But in Hong Kong, something they have a surplus of is boars. Yes, wild boars. Uh, not exactly the first thing you think of when you think of Hong Kong. But, uh, yep, they have a wild boar problem uh, in that city. Uh, there is an estimated of roughly 3,000 wild boars in Hong Kong, and they are attacking people on a more frequent basis. Uh, apparently this last week, a police officer was knocked down and bit in the leg. There's about 30 attacks uh, on people so far this year, so at least like one or two a month, and authorities are having a very hard time controlling the boar population. Uh, they um, they uh, tried, to, uh, tried to sterilize them, capture them, relocate them, uh, but, uh, they just keep multiplying. Uh, the problem is that people keep feeding the wild boars. Bread, food, etc. They go out on nature walks, and these little wild boars, little baby boars, will come up to them, and they'll give them food. And they get bigger, and they get far more aggressive. So, they are trying, they are trying to change, trying to change their, um, tactics, uh, by luring the boars out of wooded areas with bread, shooting them with darts, and then euthanizing them. Uh, the only way to bring the boar uh, population under control. I mean, they're starting to apparently wander into more uh, sort of urban areas, so they're causing some car accidents, and they're just kind of a big, big old mess there. Uh, so, I mean, wild boars are a problem in many parts of the world, uh, but I thought it was weird that Hong Kong is having a boar problem. So, uh, basically what they started doing, like I said, uh, late at night, they will throw out loaves of bread, see what boars come out, uh, shoot them with darts, and then haul them off to be, uh, disposed of, and they're hoping that will bring it under control. Now, obviously, animal rights organizations are criticizing this move, saying there are more humane and effective ways to deal with the boar population, but, uh, this, this, apparently, is the, um... Uh, this is apparently the method they have chosen for the time being. So uh, we'll see what happens there. I don't know if this will come across my news desk that often, but uh, if you have a wild boars in your area, you, you probably shouldn't feed them. It's only going to multiply, and they could be immensely destructive and immensely dangerous uh, if they get too big. Moving on from Hong Kong to Brazil... Uh, this year's uh, National Institute of Space Research Probes, uh, PRODES, which monitors Brazilian, the Brazilian Amazon rainforest, says it has lost over 13,000 square kilometers of rainforest in a 12-month period, the most since 2006. Uh, it's actually been the first time it's been over 10,000 in quite a few years. Uh, a lot of it is due to illegal uh, logging and some other reasons and whatnot. But uh, this number is um, kind of undercutting the credibility of the current government of Brazil, led by President Bolsonaro, who is trying to say that it's being a leader in the environmental protection of the Amazon. But uh, still, you know, 
the numbers the numbers don't lie. Um, a lot of organizations are calling for the this to be reversed. Uh, apparently, the government Brazil, the Bolsonaro government, has uh, made it harder for environmental agencies in Brazil to stop this sort of stuff. They have uh, defanged them, so to speak, and um, yeah, they're they're blaming the government for doing that, making it easier for these uh, places, the Amazon, to be cut down. Um, he obviously denies it, saying that uh, the media is just putting more fake news out there, that most of the Amazon is pristine. Uh, it should be noted that the president of Brazil is uh, widely considered to be almost, almost a dictator. Uh, there has been calls, he has called Sorbet personally for a military dictatorship to take over again. There's a lot of concerns that there's going to be a coup within the next few years. Uh, it's basically Latin American Donald Trump down there. Lots lots of the same oldies bagoldies that were set up here. He's saying down there in, uh, well, now in Portuguese. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not great. Not great going on down there. And uh, the government there really uh, wants to make itself look good, so they are... I not say they're gone they're lying, but uh, they're they're being very selective in the truth telling that they're doing down there. And it's kind of the the uh, the theme of that government down there uh, under this current president. He is uh, he is he's not exactly a great person. No not really a great person at all. In fact his son has made uh, several appearances at uh, uh, various Republican fundraisers up here in the United States and a lot of people are going, hmm that's interesting. But anyways, that's a story for another time. But anyways, the Amazon, worst worst deforestation in 15 years. Uh, lots of cut down. Hopefully they can turn that around next year. Next up, Christmas. No, not the holiday. Christmas Island uh, in the Indian Ocean, uh, controlled by Australia, has had their annual migration of millions of bright red crabs uh, that uh, hatch uh, in the jungle forest and then scurry down the island and into the Indian Ocean. Uh, some 50 million red crabs live on the island, and this is the only place, only place in the world where they can be found. And uh, their sort of mass migration into the sea is a phenomenon that's determined by the phase of the moon, according to the Australian officials. And it's one of the most, uh, quote, to quote uh, park officials, most incredible natural processes on Earth. Uh, so usually they migrate between October and November, but sometimes it's December and January. And they are found literally everywhere. Uh, some roads on Christmas Island are closed uh, this week, so crabs can move across roads unaccosted. Uh, officials will use rakes to gently rake them across sidewalks and roads so they don't get crushed uh, by people or uh, vehicles. And in fact, in fact, some places, special crab bridges have been built. Uh, they basically, these major highways, they'll put up like little guardrails and sort of um, direct these crabs to a point where they can, they will climb up a bridge, which I would say it's not like a 90 degree angle, but it's like, you know, 85, 70 degrees climb up, climb over the bridge, and then down the other side towards the ocean. So they have special uh, red crab climbing bridges installed all over the island for the annual 
bright red crab crawl, it's not a pub, not a bar crawl, into the ocean. It is pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. According to the Australian park officials, they say the crabs are extremely important to the island's rich biodiversity, help sustain the island's ecosystem by eating leaves, which contribute to keeping the forest's floor in a healthy condition. Uh, unfortunately, there's uh, quite a few that die every year because they get crushed by vehicles or people um, uh, people walking about. Uh, also, parts of the forest have been cleared, exposing them to daylight, which will cause them to uh, uh, dehydrate. But uh, the people there do a pretty a pretty good job at um, keeping them safe into the oceans. Uh, once they mate, the crabs mate. Uh, they, uh, the main t often takes place inside or near the burrows, the females, which greatly outnumber the males, stay behind until the eggs are ready to produce, which happens within a few days. Uh, then they remain burrowed for two weeks as the eggs develop until they're ready to be dispersed into the ocean. So, uh, in terms of how long this great crab crawl can take, uh, it usually takes five to six days overnight in the mornings until all of them, for the most part, are moved into the ocean. Uh, so, um, some of the crabs, obviously, are eaten by birds and other fish and other sharks and whatnot, but uh, a lot of them, uh, though, will, um, will survive and whatnot. Um, usually, usually the larvae, according to scientists, are devoured completely leaving no baby crustaceans at all. But experts say once or twice a decade, a large number survive, maintaining the population numbers on the island. So most of the time, these guys don't make it to the ocean. Uh, but every once in a while, a huge number do, and that's how the, the crab population can maintain its numbers. So it's, it is pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. And uh, there are a small, small, not significant, but a small number of tourists that go there every year just to witness this, uh, witness this, this, uh, crawl of crabs, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, it's hard to judge when they're going to come up. So, like, they can pop up, you know, four-month period, so you can't, like, plan to go there. Like, you would plan, a, like, a lunar or solar eclipse or, you know, some festival. You just kind of have to take your best guess possible and go visit this remote island in the Indian Ocean. So, anyways, uh, this week... The Great Crab Crawl of Christmas Island began, and so far it looks like it's been fairly, fairly successful. Although you may have missed witnessing the in-person Crab Crawl of Christmas Island, you will not have to wait an entire year to this next great thing. It's the Rock Sessions, because it happens five times a week. Uh, it is our drive-time show here on AWSM Radio. Uh, and my pal Rocks, the lovely, beautiful, smart, intelligent Rocks, will make sure your evening commute home is fun, featuring the hottest music on the charts and some other surprises in between. She will make a rock, rock style, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. here on AWSM Radio. Fun fact, uh, there's also no stopping Rocks when she wants a wants a snack, so uh, the studio has installed special rocks bridges that she can climb up over and come on the other side safely so no one can get in her way when she is feeling peckish. So, a little fun, little fun fact for you. Fun fact. So catch the rock sessions Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. 
right here on AWSM Radio. Moving along in entertainment news, the great Helen Mirren will be getting a uh, Screen Actors Guild Lifetime, Lifetime Achievement Award uh, this month. Uh, and you know what? Rightfully so. She is very, very fantastic. Uh, her career has spanned over 50 years. 50 years uh, of being an uh, actress. And uh, she says in a statement, I'm honored to be chosen to receive the SAG Lifetime Achievement Award since I was a young actor starting out. I've always been inspired by and learned from American screen acting. So this award is particularly meaningful to me. She has a robust cornucopia collection of awards, including an Oscar, a Tony, multiple SAG Awards, Emmy, and BAFTA Awards. Uh, she has played <clears throat> everything from a gangster's girlfriend in The Long Good Friday to Queen Elizabeth II in The Queen, a great movie. And uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's, that's really great for her. Uh, she has been nominated for SAG Awards 13 times. Uh, she has five wins. And she is the most decorated, decorated Screen Actors Guild Lifetime Achievement recipient, according to the union. Uh, according to a statement from President Fran Drescher, uh, that I believe that is the same Fran Drescher from The Nanny, uh, Dame Helen Mirren, I'm not going to do her voice, is quite simply a brilliant and luminous talent. She has set the bar very high for all actors, and in role after role, she exceeds from everything. She exceeds even her own extraordinary performances. I've always felt the kinship with Helen. She's the Queen of England, and I am the Queen of Queens. She won an Oscar, and I'm left-hander of the year. It's uncanny. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's the same Fran Dresser. Uh, anyway, she'll be given the award next year uh, on uh, the in the 28th annual SAG Awards. We'll broadcast live, apparently, from Santa Monica, California, on February 27th on TNT and TBS at 8 p.m. So, uh... If you want to see Helen Mirren get an award, tune in then. Congratulations. Continuing with entertainment news, Martin Scorsese is set to direct a movie about the Grateful Dead with Jonah Hill to star as Jerry Garcia, which is a interesting choice. Um, I, 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 I don't know that much about the Grateful Dead to know whether that's a good choice or not. Um, I imagine a legion of deadheads, as they're called, will make their judgment on that. But uh, Martin Scorsese, who uh, has uh, worked with Jonah Hill in the past in The Wolf of Wall Street, plans to be doing a movie about The Grateful Dead. Um, with him is playing Jerry Garcia. Now, this movie is backed by Apple. It will feature some music by it. The writers are Scott Alexander and Larry Karzowski who uh, were biopics, uh, were behind the biopics of Dolomite Is My Name and Big Eyes, which were both pretty good films, so that's that's always a plus. Um, Jonah Hill is uh, in a current movie, uh, I believe on Netflix? Yes, Netflix called Don't Look Up, also with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, which looked, uh, looked pretty good. Um... And, uh, yeah, so Grateful Dead, for those who don't know, was founded in the Bay Area in the 1960s of San Francisco uh, during the counterculture movement. 
Uh, Jerry Garcia was the lead guitarist and vocalist. Um, he passed away in 1995, which for some people does not seem like that's long ago, but it's been over 20, 25 years since he's passed away. Uh, after the band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, it's unclear, according to um, sources, uh, what part of the band's history that the, band, the movie's going to cover, but uh, apparently Scorsese has already been uh, a part of bringing the band's story... Scorsese has already been a part of bringing the band's story to the screen. He was the executive producer of the, ninth, of the 2017 rock documentary about the group called Long Strange Trip. So, a movie about the Grateful Dead? It's coming, and uh, we'll see how well Jonah Hill does. Moving along, friends, I don't have much in the way of sports news this week. Uh, but if you need your influx, your injection of sports news, my friends, I've got your fix for you. It's Married to the Game. It's AWSM Radio's uh, new, relatively new, it's been around for a while, but it is our sports show on here. Um, it is, airs every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Features Brian, Joe, and Mac Daddy, who will bring their insights, analytics, and expertise to all things sports. They bring a lot to the table. And what kind of sports show would it be with a little trash-talking in between said subjects? So you need to tune in to catch on up, catch up on all things sports for the week. Follow them on Instagram. Joe at Turn Up the Jets. Nick at Mac Daddy Ryan Joe. Brian at Bolstered underscore up underscore uh, sports. Really hard to read that name every week. And then uh, the, the show itself at MTTG Radio, Married to the Game Radio, all on Instagram. Definitely must follows if you're on the gram. So listen to Married to the Game, Wednesdays at 9 p.m. right here on AWSM Radio. Moving along to the world of health, CVS. Seems like there, it seems like there's a story everywhere, isn't there? Well, over the next three years, there's about to be 900 less. Yes, CVS said over the next three years, they'll be closing more, well, around about 900 stores across the country as, as shoppers begin to shop more online. So they're turning their uh, focus more into the digital, digital growth. Uh, related to their uh, stores. Uh, closures will start in the spring of 2022, so next year. Um, on the news, uh, their shares rose 2%, of course. Uh, shares are up 40% this year uh, overall. Uh, total market value is over $125 billion, with a B, billion dollars. Uh, overall, the closures will represent about 9% of CVS's total stores. They have nearly 10,000 stores uh, across the country. Uh, They're not saying yet which ones will close, and they did not say how many employees will lose their jobs, but they did say they will help them find uh, different jobs in the company at a different locations. Uh, so they said they're moving more on to the more digital growth of uh, pharmacies and whatnot. Uh, they are kind of making these sort of like health destinations. Uh, they're going to be basically turning them into like three different kinds of stores. So uh, they're going to have about right now they have about a thousand minute clinics where you can come in for sort of minor urgent care needs like common common colds, sore throat, flu shots. 
Uh, another another type of uh, store that they have is called the Health Hub, which will offer more things like therapy appointments for mental health screenings to chronic conditions and other wellness features like rooms that can host yoga uh, sessions. Uh, they plan to have over a thousand different health hubs uh, by the end of this year, which is which is very interesting. And um, they also will offer some uh, primary care uh, services at uh, a different type of store as well. So um, at these health these health hubs will have those, but also offer some primary care services. And then the third type will be the traditional stores where they have prescriptions. And you also get like a milk and shampoo there. Probably the CVSs that you're the most familiar with. There aren't too many minute clinics or health hubs out there compared to the rest of the stores that you would see there as well. Uh, also, stores will be further integrated into its health insurance business, Aetna. That's right, CVS acquired Aetna in 2018. And now some uh, Aetna plans are encouraging people to seek care at CVS stores. Uh, we can go to minute clinics for no or low copays. So if you're kind of a sore throat, not feeling well, need a flu shot, instead of going to your primary care doctor through Aetna, they'll send you to a minute clinic because CVS owns CVS owns Aetna now. They have for a few years, but you may have you may have forgot that. So um, compared to other stores, CVS is out outperforming its competitors, which is good for them. Uh, other other ones like uh, Walgreens and uh, Rite Aids are are having a hard time keeping up in this uh, as this sort of post COVID world. Uh, Amazon, Walmart, and even Dollar General have started to enter the healthcare market, taking market share from the way from these pharmacies. So a lot of these pharmacies need to reinvent their business model in order to keep up with those behemoths of businesses. So. Uh, be on the lookout. Starting 2022 in spring, you may not have a CVS near you anymore, or you might have a CVS that also offers yoga. Just kind of depends, apparently, where you live. Finally this week, a Monco lab in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, a short distance from me. An employee was cleaning out a freezer in the research lab and came across some vials labeled smallpox. Whoa. Obviously, the entire uh, facility was locked down. CDC came in to investigate. There's only two places in the entire world where smallpox virus is allowed to exist. One is in Atlanta. The other one is in Russia. Uh, the, the virus was eradicated from the Earth decades ago, uh, but they still keep some live samples just for research purposes. Turns out, wasn't the real live smallpox just a vaccine version of the virus that they can test things on? So, uh, false alarm wasn't old smallpox, smallpox vaccines or smallpox viruses hanging out there, but uh, good that they played it safe. Really, really should label those better. Well, my friends, that just about wraps up this week's Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Remember, you can find me on the Twitter, on the Rizzle, on the Instagram, and on the Cameo at Colt S. Taylor. If you just came in just in the last moment and want to catch this show and past shows, subscribe to the podcast version of this show at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. And if you think there's a story that I've missed, hit me up on my social media channels. I'm more than happy to cover something for you in the coming weeks uh, to come. And finally, of course, bookmark ColtSebastianTaylor.com for all your Colt Sebastian Taylor needs. 
Well, my fantastic friends, until next week, I am, of course, your friend, Holt Sebastian Taylor, and I'll see you later.